0: welcome to the away podcast brought to you by richard salgado i wanted to start off by saying you guys are important whatever it is you're fighting out there it's worth fighting for somebody needs you here and you need to be here for yourself you have a purpose so with that being said let's move on to the podcast and for today's episode i wanted to focus on me as a person who i am Where I was raised, how I was raised, who I was raised by, and the reason I'm fortunate enough to have as strong faith as I do now. My come-ups, my L's, you guys are going to hear about it to an extent because I don't want to put, you know, anybody else's business out there. This is going to be solely about me. So I grew up, you know what I mean? I was born December 10th, 1992. I grew I was born in Heart I was born in the heart of Phoenix. I know you guys see the hospital with the oval buildings right there, the banner estrella. I went to magnet traditional school, K through six, got introduced to the streets of Copper King at seventh and eighth grade. I ended up going to Westview, my uh freshman my, oh my whole high school time, which high school I mean anybody knows about Westview. Whether well, you think so or not at the time Westview was dope and there was some bad stuff going on there at the time that I was there. Well, anyways, I went on to join the Marine Corps in two thousand eleven. You know, and it's funny. Let me go ahead and start off by talking about my trip. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna skip the whole K through, uh, you know, high school and things like that. Let me just go ahead and jump all the way to my journey of high school, like towards the end. All right, if anybody is familiar with the teacher Mrs. Salcedo. Or if you have a disciplinarian that you had at your school. You guys got to understand, I was a very bad student in school. Not learning-wise, I was actually very smart. And honestly, I feel that's what kept me not getting expelled as soon as I could have. Well, anyways, I was getting into a lot of trouble with my boys. A lot. Doing stupid things, you know, ditching at the worst times, you know, not caring. Well, anyways, it was after my junior year, right, right? i got brought home by the police in the middle of the night for something stupid but i got brought home by the police my dad the next morning was like nope kiki and for you all that don't know yes kiki is my nickname don't ask me why so (laughs) my dad takes me the next day he's like kiki i ain't gonna be playing this shit and sorry for my not so friendly words you're going. You said you wanted to join. Let's go join. So we go. And my whole mentality, I did want to join the Marine Corps. I don't know what it is my whole life. I wanted to go. You can ask anybody that's known me. Marine Corps was my ideal thing. Something about me wanted to go to war, slay bodies. I don't know why. I just wanted to be that badass. And so my dad knew that. So junior year, it was the summer of my junior year. He took me over there to sign up. I remember when I got there, the recruiter tried selling me hard. You know what I mean? Recruiters are like salesmen. They'll get you to just get any job. He was so at awe that when I went in, I went in specifically joining infantry. I knew I wanted to be infantry from the start. There was nothing that would change my mind on being infantry. Why would I join the hardest military arguably in the world just to be a pogue? You know what I mean? That would not make sense to me. I wanted to go fight. That's just me, though. You know what I mean? I grew up a fighter. You know, my dad was very hard on me. Raised me very hard. And that's why I am the way that I am now. You know what I mean? But I'm very fortunate. There are things that he did, you know what I mean, that a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't be okay with. But I love my dad. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here, regardless of how he raised me. Well, anyways... So the recruiter is over here trying to sell me on the MOS, and I'm like, no, you know what I mean? I know what I want. So for fortunate that the MOS that I want, it doesn't take being intelligent. So I went the very next day to take my ASVAB, and I scored high on it, and I was good. So that year, knowing that I was going to the Marine Corps, that year was not going to be easy for me. By the end of my junior year already as it was, Miss Alcedo, I had just gotten in trouble. It was like my eighth or ninth referral and Miss Alcedo had it. She was fed up to the neck with me and my boy Enrique. I'll throw his name in there because I know you guys know of him. We used to get into some stuff. Anyways, I remember we dipped out and we got in trouble. Long story short, we come back she gives this whole speech to me and my boy she even has the audacity to ask if my parents even care because my slick self would go home and delete the messages and anyways well so she went on to go and say ricky enrique that's it i'm sick and tired of y'all if you guys don't shape up you guys get in trouble one more time the rest of your guys' time here keep in mind i still had my whole senior year my boy enrique still had his junior and senior year She told us, we get in trouble one more time, the rest of our time there, we were done. We were out. Out of school. No more. And you know, if you get kicked out, you can't join another school halfway through. Well, anyways, so, it was crazy to me. This is where it starts to kick in, where, like, God puts people into your doors. You can't explain it. Like... God literally opens doors. He puts people in your life you don't even know when you least expect it, whether you deserve it or not because He needs you at certain times to experience certain things because He knows what your purpose is going to be in life. He knows where you're headed. At the end of the day, we have the free will to mess it up or not, but He's going to take us far enough to where we get close enough to see at least somewhat of what He wants from us, and that is a fact. Well, anyways, so the start of my senior year... I get in a fight with the high school bully my first week of school. The very first week after I had just signed up for the Marine Corps. Keep in mind, you cannot join the Marine Corps. If you get expelled from school and you have to go to a charter school, you cannot join the Marine Corps. Keep, in, keep that in mind. I had just signed up two weeks before school started. And I fought the very first week of school after Ms. Alcedo talked to me. Little did I know, Ms. Alcedo was no longer our disciplinarian. You know how most teachers they um most teachers what they do is like or whenever a teacher's been teaching someplace or or a dis or anybody at a school for a long time, you know what I mean. Most of the time, they what they give them some kind of like going away party. You know they send them off, especially somebody like that, which it was very strange. She was just gone. No one even knew she wasn't coming back. She I don't even think she knew at the time because when I got my last referral, it was like the last month of the my junior year. Well, anyways very fortunate we got a new disciplinarian mr m right keep in mind i was supposed to be done my marine corps career was over before it started my life could have easily went a whole completely different route by far i wouldn't but completely long story short my uh the disciplinarian at the time Mr. M, he is now at the... He is currently right now the tallest in high school principal. Well, anyways, Mr. M literally told me when he took me into the office that day. We had a long talk. And he told me, Richard, I'm not going to let you get kicked out of here. Like, it's crazy to me, that alone, how much of a flip and a change that was. Here is a... Here was a woman who was fed up with me, ready to get rid of me at the slightest moment for God to put in a man in, the, at my, in my doorway that's willing to literally put something as crazy as fighting aside and keeping me there. Because he knew I had my future that I possibly could have. He could have closed my future doors right then and there. Right then and there. He literally could have ended my life before I had even started. In all honesty. And so there goes that. There goes the situation when it comes to going into the Marine Corps. Now, the process of the Marine Corps was hard for me. I, sm- I I enjoyed smoking marijuana. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it heavily. And so it made it kind of bumpy to the process of going. And I believe everything happens for a reason. I was originally supposed to leave in July. I didn't. I ended up leaving in August. It's crazy to me. Like The process of even what happened with me in the Marine Corps it was very unheard of. As soon as I joined the Marine Corps, within two months or after my boot camp, I went to SOI. So after SOI, which was very hard, SOI was very hard, in all honesty, like when it comes to um, the hikes and things like that. But um, overall, you know, it was doable. I, I managed. I actually passed easily um, when it comes to the fact that I never failed on any of the physical parts and things like that. Well, anyways, everything is about timing. I wouldn't have went at the... If I would have went as early as I did, I wouldn't have ended up in... Something as simple as I wouldn't have ended up in the position of being in the the, um, unit that I was in. Everything is timing in the Marine Corps, if you know that, if you've been in or if you've served in the military. When you graduate can literally affect where you go, what state you end up staying in and things like that. And um, so anyways, I end up going to a SOI class. I end up going to a unit. Long story short, we end up getting sent into a unit that is literally set to go on a combat deployment uh, in June. Right. So this is February when we're graduating. I remember this speech he gives us, you know, you know, they motivate you. Hey, gents, we're going to go to Afghanistan, Er, you know, and they try to sell you. And I mean, that's the whole point, of course. Hell yeah, I want to go slay bodies, eat babies, you know, that's the point of this training that we've been doing. So our workup as we're going, you know what I mean? Check this workup process, you know, it was very unusual. Anybody that knows in the Marine Corps, word is very uncertain. It can, You could be leaving one week, next thing you know, you're leaving two months later. It don't matter. That's why you don't say nothing to anyone until you know you're leaving like the day before. Well, anyways, so the whole time from February up to June, we're constantly hearing, we're going, we're not going, we're going, we're not going, we're going, we're not going. But the whole time, keep in mind, we're training hard as if we are going to be going. So the time is March and at the time and at that time we were out doing this training, you know, up at this army base for 8 days. All it was was pretty much just hiking, not sleeping and shooting blanks at each other for a couple of days. And um so that comes down to the last day and our company commander comes and tells us, "Hey, gents, uh we're still going to go up. Oh, we're going to Afghanistan." You know, everybody's all excited. You know, he tells us, "Oh, it's only going to be a 3-month deployment." So what we're going to do is... So keep in mind, this is March. We still got another training up and we still have the EMV. And the EMV, the Enhanced Mojave Viper, what that is, it's a five-week training that gets you ready for Afghanistan. So we still did the full five-week process of that training. Because we were set to only do a three-month deployment... No, people didn't get uh home deployment leave or anything like that. We only got a weekend off. I was fortunate I lived in Arizona, so I got to go ahead and go home myself personally. But you know, there's a lot of people that hadn't seen any family for a couple of years. Well, long story short, we ended up doing a full deployment. You know what I mean? A full deployment. And that deployment I was point man, you know what I mean? In the first half we did a couple of missions in the second half we uh you know, I just ended up on a FOB and I was very fortunate that second half. That second half of the deployment, that's where I got to interact a lot more with the children of the world of of Afghanistan with military officials, military leaders in uh of the Afghan National Army. And you got to understand at the time at the time when we're sitting there and we're working with these ANA they got it into our heads that these people are kind of like, you know, they're not as good as us, you know? So I'm sitting here as a 19-year-old punk, you know, talking to a grown man and not understanding that we aren't on that same level. As much as I thought so because I was a Marine, this man had already been through who knows what, has seen what. Just because he looks poorer does not mean he's had it any lesser. As in a sense to where, like, he's, he's not better than I am that was very ignorant of my thinking. And in all honesty, I enjoyed this person. His name was Mohammed. We would talk about the word of God. He would talk to me about his Muslim religion. And honestly, I was very fortunate to just interact with these people and come to understand of what it's like to see these people outside of the world experiencing third world countries like never before. Not just Mexico and things like that, but just to where it's like, you know what I mean? Like I just seen things that like, it's hard out there. And when you see how hard it is out here, you realize how entitled we have it here. And you grow a natural hate, you really do. I grew a natural hate for civilians, especially in my deployment. I got disgusted. Like when I've, I've shared this with people, it was disgusting, the hate that I had for the normal person because of the stuff that I had seen, the things that I did, the people that I've met. The things that I've seen that they're going through. And then what I see us here is the United States as a whole. What we complain about and bitch about. It's just absurd. You know what I mean? Well, anyways, back to my story. So, this is stuff that I haven't shared with anybody. In all honesty. And I have to share this. I have to be as raw and 100%. Because if not, then I'll just be lying to myself. And how would I expect you guys to understand? If I'm not telling you my full story... And there's no point to any of this. So, long story short. Like, you gotta think, man. I went to a combat deployment, right? As a 19-year-old. I rushed my life. I, But I, it's all what I wanted to do. So, what happened was... A lot of people don't know this. My career in the Marine Corps came to an early end. One thing about the Marine Corps is... They don't give a shit about you, in all honesty. They don't. They don't give a shit about the bodies, the lower bodies. Your your, your squad leader might. Your team leader might. Your platoon sergeant might. But in all honesty, they might not even. But it depends, in all honesty. But one thing is the Marine Corps does not care for you. And I learned that the hard way. Um, Yeah, it was my fault. You know what I mean? I came back. I ended up, you know what I mean, having fun, having a good time. I go back that weekend and, you know, we do, a, we do a piss test every weekend. Keep in mind what's going on with me, everything at this time. A couple months before, after, this is everything that happened after the deployment. A couple months later, I find out I'm having a child. Fortunately, it was with the person that I was dating and my high school sweetheart, We end up having a child. We find out we're having this child. So, you guys understand the the benefits that come with the military and getting married and things like that. But you have to understand, at the time, I really did love this girl. The way that I was raised by, like, my family and my dad. Like, you commit to a family. And I was partially, right, trying... Acting like I wanted to commit. But in all honesty, I was messed up. I wasn't right. I couldn't. I wasn't committed. I committed, but I wasn't committed. And, like, you guys got to understand. So, like, what happened was in that time. I got married. Literally, you guys. I got married August 7th. 2013. 14, damn, I don't know, brain fart. No, 2013, I got married. August eighteenth or August 7th, 2013, I got married. So keep in mind that weekend I went home, the 4th of July before. That's when I had my fun or whatever. After I come back from my leave and I just got married, I know I'm having a baby, everything like that. I come back to find out that the Marine Corps is wanting to kick me out over 30 nanograms of marijuana. And to put that into perspective, it's nanograms. 30 nanograms. Any other drug test for a job or anything like that only tests up to a certain amount of milligrams. The Marine Corps test is the lowest. So... Keep in mind, they only drug tested me once. They they have a zero tolerance policy. They don't give a shit if you went to war. They don't give a shit anything. They didn't care about me one bit. All they did was they made me feel like an enemy to the Marine Corps and they kicked my ass out. They kicked me out. I'll never forget. This company commander gave a whole liberal speech about how I betrayed the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? They don't take into consideration anything you do. None of that. They don't care they don't care they don't care if you're point man of a bunch of people looking for bombs and shit like they don't give a shit about that if you mess up you mess up and they don't care it's about covering their own ass and i knew that don't get me wrong i knew that so they forced me out at this time you gonna understand i got a baby on the way i'm still fresh from a combat deployment overall i'm forced out of the marine corps i don't know where i belong it was hard it was hard I was I felt so entitled. You guys don't understand how hard it was for me after mentally to humble myself. It was hard. And I didn't. I would cause fights. I was disgusting. I was very toxic. Even to this day, don't get me wrong, there's some things that still like affect me with certain things, you know what I mean? I'm still hurting to this day. I'd be lying to you if I'm not. So like in in my, trust me, my story doesn't get any You know easier right now You know Like dealing with the divorce While trying to figure out Where I belong in the world While Knowing I'm not going to get to have my daughter You guys have to understand I was raised on that family mentality When I failed as a man As a family man That's just like On top of my marine corps history And everything it, It destroyed me it destroyed me. Fortunately, my daughter is what the reason why I've been fighting. That was the upside to it all. God put a daughter in my life because, in all honesty, I don't see me and Maria uh, ending in the long. Oh, I don't see me and the mother of my child ending long. <laughs> I mean, ending, ending up any longer if it wasn't for that. Anyways, I, but I'm grateful that I have this child now. But don't get me wrong, it, doesn't, it didn't get easier for me. It did not. My faith withered. Like you have to understand, I knew God my whole life. I knew God since birth. I would go. I was raised in church and I was this lost. I was raised in church. I went to church every week. I knew every Bible story almost. Every person that, from Joshua to different things. I just knew about it to Jezebel, a lot of things. But I was lost. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why I was so lost. Why I was hurting. Why I allowed to continue myself to this day to hurt. You know what I mean? And certain things just continue to happen to me. I got in a relationship. This girl, keep in mind, was the first girl, and only girl to be around my daughter on a consistent basis. This girl came out one night. We were living together. You guys got to understand this, me and this girl we never fought to her. I put my hands on her like this. I never hit her in all honesty, I felt like we were good overall because she had very bad anxiety she had a, um, she actually attempted suicide before we had started dating. You know what I mean? And I thought we were very good. I knew her problems. You know, she would get very bad anxiety. Like, very bad. Like, I'm talking about way worse than mine. To where, like, okay, the fights would chill out to an extent. You know, I would leave her alone because it would get bad. You know, in all honesty, I just felt like this girl never really loved me to the way that I loved her. I was more like a rebound. You know what I mean? And that's the all-honest truth. I feel like I was a rebound because in her time of life, when I came into her life, she had it hard. She did. She had it hard very beautiful girl and i fell for the beautifulness and she was overall good to me but like there was just things like it was obvious in the long later in the relationship that you know i kind of like felt like she didn't want to be in the relationship you know but she wasn't the kind of person to end it like just end it so check this the next morning we're living together we go out keep in mind we've gone out a lot there was plenty of times where i got blackout drunk and You know what I mean? And nothing ever happened. And I'm not an insecure person. Believe me, I'm not an insecure person. So that's automatically out the window. Anybody that's ever dated me, they know I'm not insecure. You could go out with your titties out. Go ahead, do you. I'm going to do me in my own way. You know what I mean? But I'm not insecure. And one thing about, um, like, what happened was we woke up the next morning. She, She claimed to me, keep in mind, with no markings on her, No scratches, no bruises, no nicks, no signs of hair pulling, nothing. No signs of nothing, right? Just keep this in mind. She tells me the next morning that I beat her ass. She doesn't say that I hit her. She didn't say that I smacked her. She says that I beat her ass. And I was just like, at the time, I believed her. I believed her because I was in love with this girl. I loved her. I loved her heavily. I was honestly I was whooped. I was definitely pussy whooped. And so I believed her. And the more and more things just did not add up. Things just did not add up. As the fact. I kept in mind how there was nothing wrong with her. And how she said I beat her ass. So. I come to find out, the reason she ends up telling me why I got mad, I, I I needed to know. Why did I get mad? Why did I supposedly beat your ass? You know, damn, did did some guy, you know, grab your butt and I got mad when we got home, you know? I was thinking all the worst, you know? She tells me that I beat her ass because I loved her so much. I've never heard of that in my life, ever. That I got mad because I loved her so much you guys have to understand that messed me up big time and messed me up big time it made me scared like am I not changed is like and in a sense what I mean is just like am I not okay if I get that blackout drunk that certain things of my past haunt me again you know what I mean like you gotta understand with me having war and you know a war history and military background you know That's crazy to me. Like, if that really happened, you know, that would really mean that there's something mentally wrong. And like, honestly, let me just go, like, as time passed, like, I just more understood that that was not, that did not happen. I really believe in my heart that that did not happen. I really don't, I really don't think so. To this day, I would argue with, and it makes no sense to me because the girl kept coming around for weeks after, weeks after she kept, she was saying she loved me and things like that. And out of nowhere, I think it was whenever she found her new man. You know what I mean? That's how girls work. I don't know where she started hating me. Like, hating me. And, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So, that, I found myself back in the hole. This took place in 2018. You know what I mean? Like, it hurt me again. I felt like I always get in a position to where I have things and I lose. I couldn't understand the trauma that that caused me to feel that I actually might have beaten up a girl for loving her so much. I didn't know what to do. It scared me. You know what I mean? Just to even get involved with another female at the time, and things like that. And I still to this day understand why she would even say something like this. She even lies to this day that she has a restraining order on me, <laughs> which is crazy to me, and the mother of my child believes it, even though uh, criminal records are history. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's aside from the story. But She's, yeah, just know that, no, I did not. If anybody, if I really put my hands on her the way that she says, and her little big brother didn't do anything about it, I think it goes to show who's lying about what but anyways um so that's like you know what i mean like i've had it hard you know what i mean like that's just like a lot of l's overall in my life versus the gains because a lot of my successes are things that i knew i could do so to me they weren't necessarily successes for me you know what i mean i've lost a lot of motivation like when it comes to like becoming successful in this life because i don't have my daughter around and things like that and that's not good to be like you know what i mean i have to be better for myself and i'm coming more to understand that but so that's pretty much you know what i mean like some of the hardest things that i've been through a little bit of like you know my my come up you know what i mean well now let me kick into you why i continued to fight why i continued to have faith why i continued to no matter how many times i put that gun next to my head i didn't pull that trigger And I'm thankful, I'm very thankful that I did not, and I have not, and I'm sorry I'm getting choked up. It's, I wish I could stop it, and it's part of why, and all honesty, the reason why I'm not recording my face is because I don't want nobody to see me like that. Well, anyways, um, the reason why I continue to fight no matter what is because, in all honesty... Overall, my my parents as a whole, but really overall, my dad. If it wasn't for my dad, in all honesty, if it wasn't for my dad, I know I would not be where I'm at now. I understand personally how important it is to have a father in your household. I'm not saying you need one. There's people that are better off without me that didn't have a father. But it is very important nonetheless. And one thing my father. My father was raised. You know what I mean? He grew up. You know seeing my grandma being raped by my tata. His alcoholism. First hand. Um, you know what I mean? Just like my family has a very ugly history of anger. My My tata there's speculation put it this way my great tata died falling off a third story building there's speculation that my great grandma was the one that pushed him off because he he fell off the fire escape after an argument between the two and you know they're not going to investigate a death like that especially with a woman being involved at the time and in, in, in the early what 40s you know what i mean so uh or 50s whatever it was so um my dad just grew up, you know, very hard, very hard. He grew up in South Phoenix, was born in El Paso, you know. But one thing that my dad always had, because he couldn't have his parents to go to and things like that. my And the way he saw my thought that was with alcohol and things like that. My dad turned to God. He did. He turned to God at a very young age. He turned to God. He didn't have his father figure out as a father. So he went and he found a father figure. And God can be that father figure for anyone. And my dad is proof. My dad right now is living his best life. His best life. He like My dad has kept 100% faith in God his whole life, no matter how hard things have got. My dad was fired as a police officer in the 90s because he gave me and my sister a charity toy. It made news. He was put on 3TV over this as a police officer. They threw, they dragged his name in the dirt, and check this: my dad had just purchased his first big two-story home when all of this started to happen. When all of this hit, my dad was, my dad had a new home, no job, had lost everything, did not have anything in sight, did not have no future, and who came into his life at the right time? god because he kept his faith his whole time my dad is not a drinker my dad doesn't drink i've seen my dad have maybe three glasses of wine my whole life he does not drink at all he despises alcohol my dad refuses to allow alcohol even into his home he put his kids first he made mistakes that made him lose his job but one thing is he put his family first and he kept his faith in god long story short a month later my dad is still continuing a job with the city of phoenix and now my dad is getting paid pretty much to do nothing my dad has had some hard things happen to him he's not close to his family and things like that because of the decisions they make and the mistakes they make but one thing my dad has kept is 100 percent faith in god and where he's at now it's amazing my dad is security for the phoenix suns he sits behind the Suns bench he gets paid he has season tickets and gets paid for it why do you think you guys see me at all these Suns games for free i've been very blessed overall when it comes to the side things like that because of my dad because of how much faith my, my dad has had in god it carried over for his family now that i'm a grown man i need to have my own faith in god so i can provide those blessings for other for whoever it is around me and that is the matter of the fact. Like, I wouldn't know where I would be here right now if it wasn't for my dad's faith. And you guys got to understand, like, I've seen a lot that is very made me very certain of my faith. You guys don't believe in the Bible. Like, it's very hard for certain people to understand the Bible and things like that all because it's written by man. Well, let me just go ahead and share a powerful story with y'all. This, show, this story is very powerful. It is huge because it's about my little sister my little sister should not even be here right now and that is that that's the truth she really should not be here i was in the seventh grade my sister you know what i mean my little sister is five years younger so she was about second grade at the time we were living at a hotel at the time because of certain things and my sister was very sick she she my sister just know my sister has two underlying conditions as it is my little sister it's a heart murmur and a heart murmur and asthma you know what I mean and for those of you that don't know a heart murmur is a tiny hole in the heart that's not supposed to be there. very tiny but it can be very significant especially with somebody that has asthma okay so with those two conditions keep in mind my sister was only in second grade very weak my sister got very sick if you guys are familiar with what a staph MRSA infection if you've ever seen one on the outer part of the skin it is it looks similar to the bite of a brown recluse well anyway she had this staph MRSA infection and it was growing at the time too it was growing behind her heart and behind like behind her backbones and between her heart and it was huge they needed to do surgery to remove it at the time when i talked the, the doctor talked to my parents at the phoenix children's hospital he let them know that you guys that pretty much she wasn't the chances of her making it was fifty-fifty, and maybe even less because of her two underlying conditions and how big the infection was, and how small she was. They didn't understand if she was gonna be able to fight the fight while getting the surgery. So that night, and my mom and my dad pray over my sister, with oil from they, they put they place oil from a the oil tree of Jerusalem on her, and they pray for her. And you got to understand you got to have 100% faith in these prayers. That's part of why Jesus was here to show us that through through faith in God, we can could we can make any miracle happen. Well anyways, my parents prayed for her all night. You guys can go ahead and assume whatever you want about this seeming far fetched, but this understand this infection was huge. It Was very huge. They prayed for her all night. By the next morning, they do one more cat scan to see how much see, you know what I mean? an update on the infection you know right before the surgery when they do the cat scan the infection was gone completely gone unheard of the doctor literally told my parents the only explanation is that it's a miracle she didn't get surgery Keep in mind, she was in two weeks, week in bed in the Phoenix Children's Hospital because they were hoping it went away without having to perform surgery. And when it came to them finally wanting to do the surgery, by that morning, they didn't need to. And I wanted to leave off with that powerful story because I went off long enough. I know this is my first podcast and, you know, it's very... You know, it's wishy-washy. I freestyled it all. And um, I just hope that you guys, you know, whoever you guys have listened to this, like, just understand this is just one episode and there's many more to come. This is just a gist of my life, a gist of why I am where I'm at now. And believe me, I'll touch on it more. I don't want to sit here and stick and just continue to talk about me for hours and hours because, I mean, I could do that, but I don't want to. You know what I mean? The rest, I'll touch up when time comes in the episodes with whatever it is. I just know it'll correlate. God's definitely guiding me to say the right things at the right time. And uh, I just hope that you guys really uh, listen and heed the word. And it's going to get better. And like I said, you guys are important. Trust me. I've had a hard time figuring that out myself. And I... Yeah... Well, in the future, one thing I did want to do is uh, give a random fact at the end of each episode. And uh, I guess right now I can't really think of one, and that's my fault. Uh, but I'll go ahead and have, I'll have more interactive things like that, you know what I mean, for you guys in the future. And I'm definitely open ears of things that you guys, you know what I mean, things you guys might be interested on and things like that. And understand to have patience when I come to touch on certain subjects. And some things might be my very next episode. So just go ahead and um, stay blessed out there. Stay safe. Love your neighbor. And love who is in your neighbor. Because God is love and love everyone. And that's the only way we're going to get through this. Stay blessed.